You are listening. You are listening. You are listening to the Fly Fishing ninety seven podcast. That's it. Um, too many people, myself included, passed. We fished solely to catch catch a bunch of fish, and that was the goal: is to go out there and catch a bunch of fish. And if you if you didn't, it was a it was a bad day. But it's always a good day. You realize that as you get older. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe I got it. I don't believe people that think like that get it. I think if uh, they may eventually, or maybe they don't. But uh, one of the one of the highlights of guiding is I get a lot of beginners, brand new people. Some of them never seen a fishing rod, let alone a fly rod, and I get to take advantage of not only teaching them how to cast a rod, but uh, I can set them on sort of um, subconsciously steer them down the correct path, in my opinion, as to what I believe fly fishing could be in someone's life. Therapy it keeps you grounded, yeah. gives you peace of mind. Uh, it's something that it becomes part of your life. Uh, I don't have anything against gear fishermen in that. I get a lot of my, my streamer. I'm a big streamer guy, so a lot of my patterns in that come from from what they're chucking, they're way ahead of us. So, mm-hmm. in, uh, in technology, so I take and borrow from from them. I have nothing against them, but I don't think a lot of them that grab their spin casting rod and go out and, and throw a big rappel into the lake or river, they don't have the same. It doesn't. It doesn't affect their life as much as is what fly fishing affects. How it affects us. So I think you just need to go fishing. And mm-hmm. there's a quote by John H. Bradley. Most people probably heard it. Is uh, the supreme test of a fisherman is not how many fish he has he's caught, um, not even how he has caught them, but what he has caught when he has not caught any fish. Welcome to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast, featuring interviews with passionate people within the fly fishing industry. We focus on guides, conservation, resort managers, gear, and talented fly tires bringing usable information to fly fishers. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by The Fly Crate. Theflycrate.com is your source for all things fly fishing. The Fly Crate offers a monthly fly club. We select patterns every month for your home waters. With membership, you'll receive flies created to match the hatch in your area, along with the Fly Crate's guide magazine, the convenience of having flies delivered right to your door, some sweet stickers. Discover new patterns and start stocking your fly boxes now. Theflycrate.com. Here's your host, Mark Hopley. Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Very happy you chose to join us today wherever you happen to be at. We're going to talk fins, flies, fishing, guides, things we always talk. So we're fortunate enough today to have Brett Sloboda on the line. Now, Brett is out of Calgary, Alberta. He is the owner, operator, um, outfitter at one more last cast southern alberta specializing on the bow river and we all know that's a blue ribbon trout stream and i can't wait to dig into this brett thanks for coming on the podcast today appreciate it no problem that's uh happy to be here funny story i'm driving home from work the other day ryan ermit calls me and he's like you got to talk to this guy you got to talk to brett and i'm like who's brett and he's like well i just got out in the bow and I know, so you had, you had Ryan out, what was it last, last week? Yeah. Last Tuesday, I think it was. Yeah. Tuesday. How'd that go? It was fun. Yeah. Cool. It's the first time I met him. We, uh, we kind of chatted on Instagram here and there, just like everybody else does when you have something in common. And then, and then his buddy actually set up a trip for him Sweet. and him, the two of them. And they came down finally, it took a couple tries and then we finally got out. 
So yeah, it was fun. Yeah, we had Ryan on the podcast. He's with Stillwater, Alberta. So I'm sure you had a leg up on the moving water, and I'm really glad you guys hooked up. Brett, let's dig into your, um, we're going to dig into your guiding. We're going to dig into your, you know, your outfitting. We're going to dig into your passion of fly fishing. I always like to take it back kind of to ground zero. Where did your, you know, passion for all things fly fishing and, and fly tying start? Well, it started pretty much as soon as I got out of the diapers. Um, my grandpa, he fished for food just like they used to back in the seventies when I, well, back in the fifties, sixties, when he was younger and Mm -hmm. he would get every kid, grandkid out as soon as they could carry a a rod so that he'd keep their limit and they'd smoke all the fish and, and he fished for food and hunted. So from the time I could walk and then we carry the rods, he'd keep our limit. And then as soon as we were able, he would uh, start to teach us to fish. I was probably four years old when I got my first fly rod in my hand and we used to boil corks from wine bottles and then we'd carve them up into the shape of an egg kind of, and then uh, paint the tops orange, stick a stick through it. And that would be our indicators and, nice. and basically swing, uh, cast out, uh, nymphing basically with an indicator or a tight line. Cause, uh, we're Czech, uh, as you can probably tell from the last name. <laughs> and then we, as time went on, we, uh, it was probably six or seven when I started noticing fish were jumping, so I asked what that's about. And he, uh, he said they're eating, he didn't really dry fly fish, but he, that's the first time I actually started to learn how to actually, uh, cast a fly rod. Hmm. And we would tie flies up at the coffee table. My cousins and I, if we didn't tie our own flies, we didn't have any. And if you didn't have flies, you didn't get the fish. And we were all fanatics by the time we were, we were five or six years old. Wow. So, yeah. We, he hunted and trapped, so we had deer hides and mink and skunks and everything else, and then different bird uh, capes and that that, that he, uh, he'd gotten himself. And then uh, as time went on, I, I became what I thought was just a fisherman until I started to get into my teens, and, and my friends wanted to go fishing. And they would bring up these other short rods with, with straight line on it and i didn't know what that was because fly fishing to me was just fishing and they would look at me the same and say uh what are you doing and i said well i'm fishing so i won the battle got them all into fly fishing and years later so that's 45 ish years ago now that uh i'm doing it so i I gotta ask you you're you're (laughs) clearly outside on the deck is it raining right now on the bow no my uh my drain. <laughs> I thought I, I thought somebody I heard rain. Yeah, no, somebody's draining the bathroom. Oh, sorry. So okay. No, that's all right. You're really yeah, setting I, the scene there, man. I, I could feel the rain there, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's rain pouring out, and the river's going to be hot tomorrow. <laughs> How has the bow been this year? Like it's been, you know, depending on where you're at. I know in British Columbia we've had serious drought problems, serious low. Uh, you know, levels of water, but I know as you get to the Rockies, that kind of changed. Cause I know some of the rivers are in and around, you know, the elk and St. Mary's have actually been pretty good. And so when we get over yep. into, you know, the foothills of the Rockies, um, Southern Alberta, h- how's the bow been this year? Uh, it's been good the last month and it's been really good the last two weeks, but we did hit that heat too. Um, all the streams in Alberta, we, we probably should have shut them down, but we didn't or they didn't. Uh, I took a couple weeks off from uh, 
guiding and taking clients out and fishing myself to give them a break. And but the uh, the days are shorter and the nights are colder, so it's there. It's in great shape right now. It's low. It's probably mid October levels. Uh, hmm. Probably a month ahead of itself, but uh, it's it's fishing really well. And all the streams, southern Alberta are as well. So. Good. That's good. Good to, yeah. good to hear some good news for a change. Um, I, I want to know who who influenced you with your fly fishing journey. So if you had to look back at your history and go, okay, these these are the people, these are the mentors, these are the you know, this is where I, you know, earn my chops. Who would you look to in that regard? Well, obviously my grandpa. He's the one who stuck the fire on my hand in the first place when I was a kid, and he taught us how to tie flies and read water, catch fish, made us all into the anglers. Um, he, he was way ahead of his time. He knew how to cross wrap and told us to hold our scissors to tie fast or don't put them down and things like that, which is pretty surprising nowadays because we didn't have books or much on uh, no YouTube, of course. So that was a big deal. And then uh, the Wolf, Joan and Lee and, uh, and people like that and Swisher. I got to fish with uh, Doug Schwisher, which was was awesome. Cool. And uh, a few people like that. And then in 94, I went, I had already been fishing lakes for a good portion of my life. But uh, in 94, I went to Kamloops for the World Fly Fishing Championships because I thought that'd be cool. Two of my buddies loaded up a truck and went out there. Yeah, I, was I, there, to I was there too. Uh, yeah, Sorry. it was cool. Eh? Yeah, it was awesome. It yeah. sucked. Fishing sucked. Yeah. Which was kind of a life changer because I got to meet the Brian Chans and, and uh, Phil Rollies of the world before they were who they are now. Mm-hmm. And they were more than enough time to chat with you. And and then we went to a lake just up, you probably know, a Black Lake. Yep. And just up the Roche and, uh, and had a hell of a time. We got our ass kicked. And we went back to talk to these these world championship type uh, anglers and and they had the same thing. I think the winner, winning boat got four fish or, or something. So it, it made us think too that we might do it. So hmm. it was uh, it was neat to go there and see that because that was my first trip out to the Kamloops area. I'm trying to remember. It's, I think it uh, was, I want to say it was like Edith and Tunkwa and Roche. I know they did some Roche, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's. I think what they did is they basically took two rainbow trout lakes and two brookie lakes, if I recall. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. that was, um, that was a great event. And that was at the, where the Blazers play hockey. It was, um, Riverside Coliseum. It's probably, it, probably has a different name now. I, everything's yeah, sponsored. Yeah, because they did there in 94 and 96, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. stuff. So, yeah, it was fun. so I, I want so to people go ahead. Sorry. And I actually look to the younger guys too. Now the up and comers, I got a buddy here, Maxwell Robinson. He's, he's one of the new school guys and. I think some of us old guys fail to listen to these young guys that have the passion that we used to have mm. and you can learn a ton from those guys. So, yeah. Well, and that's what keeps the yeah. stoke. That's what keeps the fire burning, right? Like oh, I, I'm with you on yeah. that. I think you and I are, are the same age and it's like, if I couldn't talk to these 20 somethings that are doing this and younger, it's like, I, we need that, right? Because we had that and, and, and the fire, it's still there, but it's just like, you know, I don't want to hit three lakes in a day anymore and, and work 18. Hours. You know what I mean? It's like, well, I want, I can't. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. got commitments. Yeah. You got stuff going on. I, I, I feel That's you right. on that, but 
So I want to take some time to get to know you off the water. Uh, Brett, you ready for a few uh, questions that may or may not have a lot to do with uh, your time on the water? Sure. Let's do it. Let's talk tunes. So when you're, you know, you got your, your drift boat, you're heading down the road, you're, you're, you're going to hit the usual spots. What is playing in the truck on your stereo music wise? I, I, I have a wide range of music like everybody else has, uh, but I do have recently, cause it's always recent. The most recent is uh, hillbilly groove. I've got as a playlist, I got Mandolin Orange on there, and American Aquarium, and Del Barber. It's a lot of mandolin and acoustic stuff. Wow. People tell stories. It's, it's, uh, they're anglers as well, which is cool. Kind of funny that uh, they have the same interest. And then if I'm heading up to the mountains, say, and heading into hit a weekend of, of uh, mayhem with my buddies, sitting in the boat out on the lake there in the two bobbers, then I'll have probably some rage or, or, uh, wow. Or boys or something playing like that you're so. mixing you're mixing it up yeah uh, i think you change your music tastes huh. like a, like acoustic stuff too because if you play guitar or an instrument it usually changes the list the music you listen to at times too oh yeah amen to that what what yeah. um what kind of boat are you pulling on that trailer i i have a 15 foot clock craft nice. um, as my drift boat and then i've got a little seven and a half foot pram that i built two years ago in my garage i seen pictures of that we're going to talk about that what what kind of truck is pulling this rig i have a 2007 fj cruiser toyota no way i got wow oh it's cool it's fun in the mud and it pulls nice and i'm i'm a little guy so i can sleep in the back it's perfect is, is it bright yellow no no i didn't go what, what that color? way i went uh, with the old, old man silver old man silver okay yeah yeah oh Okay, um, let's let's talk patterns. So, you spend a lot of hours on on the bow. Um, what's your one go to pattern? So, if you've got a you've got a customer, a client, a friend in the boat, maybe not a lot is happening. You're like, okay, put this on. This always works. What what would that be? Yeah, caddis pupa of some sort. Whether it's floating in the film for a dry or an merger, or if you're going to uh swing it or if you're going to fish it as a nymph caddis pupa la fontaine style is good and then we have a couple other patterns that we have that's for clients or friends if i'm putting it on their line mm. if i'm fishing it myself if i'm going to fish something myself it's going to be a big i'm not even sure if it's politically correct anymore but it's a cripple minnow it's a big articulated streamer that's gotta be well. that's gotta be pc i mean it's just the truth it's happening yeah um yeah <laughs> sorry I, I know what you mean by that it's like sometimes i gotta watch what i say but it's like you know what it's that's what happens you know there's there's patterns that come up crippled like that they're they're um <laughs> right i see it all the time. and it, it, it drives them crazy yeah it's dreamer so yeah uh, does that work uh equally well on browns and bows works for browns and bows and bull trout cutthroat elite it uh i even fished it out this past week for panask and it and they they loved it, and there wasn't even fishing or course fishing in the lake. So, wow, trigger something. Yeah, just to, that kind of gets that instinct. Let's talk your favorite place to talk fly fishing. So, when you're not, you know, in the drift boat or in your waders, is there a fly shop? You're like, this is where I go. Is there a coffee shop? Is there a brew pub? Where do you get your fix when you're not fishing? I I'm not. I go to the fly shop almost every day. They made a joke today when I went in at Fishtails, um, the local store, uh, that they missed me yesterday. 
because I was on the river because <laughs> I'm in there. But I don't uh, I don't hang out in the shop. I spent hundreds and hundreds of hours back when I was younger tying flies in one of the shops here. Mm-hmm. And I listened to Lord Kennedy complain every time the guys had hung out for 20 minutes or whatever. And then they buy a, a package of dubbing and walk out. And I just got that in my head. I never hung out there, but I spent a lot of time online, Instagram, you get some chats going. We have garage beers. I'm in river community here, right? About a three wood from the uh, Bow River. A three wood? A lot of us. Yeah, about an easy three wood. Is that about about 240? Yeah, for me, it's about 210. 210. But uh, (laughs) yeah, I uh, I can't hit it like I used to. (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah there's a lot of anglers in the community obviously since it's a river community so we have garage beers and we'll we'll shoot the shit about today's fishing or tomorrow's fishing or whatever and uh hmm. and yeah and and online like facebook has some good pages and and so on it sounds sounds pretty good um let's let's talk about sports so uh, being a Calgary guy, I, I assume I, I'm, and I'm just going to throw this out there. You're probably a flame stamps. Uh, where do you get your fix in sports? I'm a flames fan. Yeah. And, uh, it's been, been tough, but I live and die with them okay. and I'm a football guy, but I'm a basketball guy. I'm a big Raptors fan. It's going to be a tough couple of years as well. And I'm a, right now I'm a Pelicans fan cause I watched Zion through high school and, and now he's doing well in the uh, NBA. And then I'll cheer for any team playing against uh, LeBron. <laughs> That's yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just laughing because I, I was having this conversation the other day. The NFL has started up, and there's there's certain teams in the division that you pull for. You're like, I just want these guys to lose, and it has nothing to do. It's <laughs> not it's not personal. I just oh, yeah. want my team to make it. <laughs> it's like yeah, I'm yeah. Bad guy. Yeah, LeBron and teams, but yeah, yeah. Um, that's about it. I'm a Flames fan. Mostly. So, how do the Flames look this year? I don't know. I don't think they know. Where he's building a Sutter team, so I'm curious to see what happens because that team might have done well in the '90s, but I'm not sure how it'll do now. So we'll see. That's a good. I hope point. they do. Well. I, I, yeah. I and I love Sutter. He and and that whole family. I mean, how many Sutter brothers were there? And I think I'm I'm a Vancouver fan, so trust me, the, half of them seem to play either in Calgary or Vancouver. But it's like, that's a good. It's good Saskatchewan family, is it not? Sask, I think. Uh, no, Viking Alberta. But yeah, yeah no, they that family. That's a hockey family, and you know what? It it's an interesting question now because in this day and age, I'll, I'll give you an example. When when. Uh, being a Canucks fan, I struggled when Mike Keenan came here because it's like it was it worked great in the you know the late '80s, early '90s, being the boss and telling people how it is. But coaches today, it's a different game. You cannot be that. You can't be that no. punisher, right? You need you need to be a little bit well, of you need a little bit of Pete Carroll. You need a little bit of cheerleader, a little bit of rah rah. You know, you can't just be the dick yeah. and that and. Well, it's no different than at work now. You have to treat that new generation a little different with a, with some kid gloves, right? You got any tips so for that? No, I gave up. Well, come That's on. I'm guiding again. Come on, man. <laughs> you gotta you gotta help me with this. Yeah, yeah. it's uh well, it's a different world, and uh, it's uh, it's I'm you know what? It's good because we're all growing and we're all learning. But 
Um, right. Now we had seen it for a bit here too. And by Christmas, he was up for coach of the year. And by February, he was getting fired. So, well, that, it's that's, amazing. It, it worked down on. Them. Yeah. And you see that even in college in the States, it's like some of these college coaches, whether it's basketball or hockey or whatever the sport is, football, it, there's been a culture change. And if, if you don't embrace it, you're going to, you're going to be a dinosaur. And, uh, and I, yeah. I like that. I don't know about you, but I don't like some guy just sitting there yelling at me. Does that motivate you? Doesn't motivate me. Depends how they do it, but yeah, you're right. I, I look back at my best coaches and, uh, or my most effective coaches. They weren't the guys I liked at the time, mm-hmm. but I look back now and I, I respected them and we won Yeah, the coaches that were team's buddy and hung out with them after and, exactly and tried to be their friend which they didn't really do well with the team right because they, they didn't have that respect but mm-hmm. it's a different generation yes yeah fair comment yeah. what's the biggest lesson you've learned through your fly fishing journey so you know in other words when you sit back brett and you look at what fly fishing brings into your world i know that's a big question but you obviously it's you know, you ooze, you live, you sleep, you breathe, fly fishing. It's what you do for a living. It must do something for you. Can you verbalize that? Yeah, I think over the years, because I've done it for a long time, is uh, is just go fishing. That's it. Um, too many people, myself included, fast. We fished solely to catch, catch a bunch of fish. And that was the goal, is to go out there and catch a bunch of fish. And if you, if you didn't, it was a, it was a bad day. But it's always a good day. You realize that as you get older. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe I got it. I don't believe people that think like that get it. I think if uh, they may eventually, or maybe they don't. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the one of the highlights of guiding is I get a lot of beginners, brand new people. Some of them never seen a fishing rod, let alone a fly rod. And I get to take advantage of not only teaching them how to cast a rod, but uh, I can set them on sort of... Um, subconsciously steer them down the correct path in my opinion as to what i believe fly fishing could be in someone's life therapy it keeps you grounded yeah. gives you peace of mind uh, it's something that it becomes part of your life uh i don't have anything against gear fishermen in that i get a lot of my my streamer i'm a big streamer guy so a lot of my patterns and that come from from what they're chucking they're way ahead of us so hmm. in uh in technology so i take and borrow from from them i have nothing against them but i don't think a lot of them that grab their spin casting rod and go out and, and throw a big rapala into the lake or river they don't have the same it doesn't it doesn't affect their life as much as is what fly fishing affects how it affects us so i think you just need to go fishing and mm-hmm. there's a quote by john h bradley most people probably heard it is uh the supreme test of a fisherman is not how many fish he has he's caught um, not even how he has caught them, but what he has caught when he has not caught any fish. Hmm. So yeah. if you if you go out, I go out. Yeah, I'll sit on the riverbank looking for snouts, looking for rising fish. I'll sit there for two hours, not even cast a line, and come home and feel accomplishment. Like I did something. I was I was fishing right. Nothing else was in my head. Can I ask you something? So, Could you do that when yeah. you were thirty? Around 30 was when I probably started to get it. Okay. But up until then, because uh, you hear it in boxing, somebody's always tougher, somebody's always faster. In fishing, there's always somebody better, right? And then it hits you. And you, you, it might be only for a day or it might be overall. They just know more. They're just fishier. 
but uh but yeah just realize that it's not a competition you just go go and get out fly fishing what you get out of it might be something different than you get or yeah or your hmm. whatever you get out take it with you yeah i like it um fill in the blank for me when i'm not fly fishing i'm usually doing what i fish almost every day from may through snowfall so when i'm not fishing it's usually skiing i'm a fanatic in the winter i don't fish much in the winter unless i'm swinging flies for steelhead out in the skina on occasion but uh i'm skiing that's my other passion you a mogul guy you a powder guy all of the above all of the above i used to be a mogul guy back uh when i was younger and then i got old and now i i love the powder i was gonna say how's your how's your back and knees (laughs) i dislocated my hip in my early 20s that ended my skiing career and now i like to uh think i'm i'm 25 again i hurt myself all the time but it's uh it's still just similar to what fly fishing does in the summer, that skiing when you're sitting on a chairlift or standing on the top of a peak. There's mm-hmm. not much in your mind. Take your trouble skiing. Yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a feeling. I know I, I know it well. Um, yeah. Having I used to ski a lot, and I kind of got away from it, but I know that feeling when you're looking down the mountain, it's just you in the snow, and it, it, it's it, there's, there's some similarities to fishing for sure, fly fishing. Oh. Yeah, and you're you're not far from Big White and Apex, are you? I'm. I can, Apex is like thirty minutes. Big White's like an hour. Silver Star. I mean, we got yeah, we got lots of mountains right around here, and, and lots lots Big, of powder. Big White's a good one. That's a Where do you go? Where do you ski? Like, what, what's your mountain? I like Louise. I like Louise. That's yep. where the. Never, you can never have to ski the same run twice. And then uh, I love Golden. Golden's got a great deal. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I haven't been to Revelstoke yet, but this year I'm going to hit it. I used to live in Revy. That is one solid ski town. It's nice. Yeah, good fishing too. Somebody got mad because I said that, but what a beautiful stream. Oh, I'm. <laughs> do I need to edit that? You might have to. But I'm, I'm editing that stream you just mentioned, just so you know, and and yeah. it's not personal, but yeah, yeah I mean. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't fish for cutthroat much but if i do that's one of the three that i go to because it's they got high quality cutthroat in there yeah that has been sufficient you can edit it. Get some... trust me i'm editing that um <laughs> best job you've ever had so I, I i love this question only because i i just assume when I'm talking to a guide, it's now. But maybe it's something you did in the past. Maybe it's, you know, what is the best gig you've had to date, Brett? Uh, starting it now, because I just started this business back up last year. It's uh, it's going to grow into other things I have in mind. In between, I guided 30-some years ago for six or seven years. That would have been my best job because in I didn't know I was doing a job. I got tricked into guiding. And I used to sit in his shop, Gord Kennedy at West Winds. I'd sit in his shop and tie flies. And every 10 flies I tied, I got two. So that's how I filled my fly boxes. Hmm. And he would, so I got paid in flies. And then he tricked me into guiding. And he would give me money at the end of the day. And I would just think he was giving me money out of the goodness of his heart. And then the next thing I knew, I was doing six days a week. And <laughs> people would tell me, say, well, you're a fly fishing guide. And I said, no, I'm not. And they said, well, do you get paid to take people fishing? And I'd say, yeah, I guess I am. So... So those are the two best ones. The in-between, I worked in the oil and gas sector and 
and it's uh i wouldn't say that that was enjoyable so so that that's my next question what is the worst gig the worst job you, <laughs> you have ever had every time we did a project i worked in fort mcmurray for 20 some years um every time we build something we have a big project it was the worst job ever until we went to the next one and then that was the job ever and 20 years of that and nearly, nearly killing us and myself um I just finally said I had enough and and went back to this. This is my retirement plan eventually, and I moved it up a few years. I was actually born in Fort Mac, so I feel you. <laughs> yeah. um, let's let's get back to the water. Um, okay. I, so we're chatting today with Brett Sloboda. Brett has one more last cast. He's a guide outfitter on the Bow River in southern Alberta, and everybody knows about the Bow. It doesn't matter. I mean, most of our listeners, to be quite honest, are stateside. Um, why don't you tell us what's so special about the system that you spend your every day on? Like, what is it that that makes it that that special blue ribbon trout trout river? It's challenging, which uh, it's funny enough attracts people. They you could go to a, to a stock pond and you could catch a bunch of fish and 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 that'd be fine. But the Bow River's challenging. You can catch fish like last week. You mentioned Ryan. It took Ryan out and his friend uh, Spencer, and it was a typical day. We fished a hopper dropper and started off, and they had three or four fish in the boat in the first ten minutes, but they ranged from six to 16 inches but every time that hopper goes down or the hopper gets eaten or if you're fishing a bobber or streamer um every time it goes down or you get a tug on the line it could be a 24 inch plus brown trout or a 24 25 inch rainbow that fights like a steelhead and you can you can catch one of those in a day and it makes your year or your life they're uh they're special fish that we have in this river the pictures yeah i'm sure you've seen them they look like they've been painted, um, the brown trout in this river, and they're mean and aggressive. So you'll get, we fish mice at night for them, and they hit them like uh, like a grizzly bear taking down a, a deer. It's it's fun. It's peaceful. You can go from, float right through the middle of downtown Calgary with sirens going off, and and homeless people asking to send them, throw them fish and honking horns and stuff down below the city to where it's you hear nothing just birds and your your voices and fish jumping so mm-hmm. yeah it's a special special river that's you, you know it's funny like as a river flows as the water moves downhill to wherever it's going the, the way you just verbalize that i find really interesting because you know you think about an urban environment okay so you know, downtown Calgary, it's not the first place in my mind I think I'm going to go catch a 25-inch brown trout. But no, you can. And, and yes. you know, and I think a lot of people don't get how good the bow is. When you talk about that fish size, 25-inch fish on a, on a moving water, I think that's got to be a steelhead. You know what I mean? It's like, no, these are, these are trout. These are brown trout. These are rainbow trout. 
that boggles yep. my mind because I know how 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 long it takes a fish to get that big on still water. Forget moving water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, we've had a, a number of them over 24, 25 inches this year. Uh, we had one twenty-seven inch every year. Each of my buddies that guide and fish on the river get uh, some of the high 20s pushing 30. And every year you hear of the fish and pictures on the tape so you can see it, it's legitimate over 30 inches. So there's some big fish in this river. My biggest fish is a 34-inch rainbow downstream of Carsland. Um, many years ago, it's on the picture is so old, it's on a disposable cardboard um, camera that used to take into London drugs to get developed. Oh, I love. I used to love those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. There's big fish on this river, and and you never know. It could be a little six-inch rainbow, which is good because the last couple of years since the flood, it's been um, the river's been hurting a little bit, recovering, and then the last two years have been lots of little fish. This year, lots of little fish, more so, and it's showing that the river's uh, very healthy. It's coming back pretty well. That's got to be a good feeling for you. And, you know, for everybody, but especially for, for a guide that spends all their time on the water, you're vested in this system. It needs to be good. So when you see it recover like that, what's, what does that mean to you? I mean, it's probably everything, right? Oh, it means everything because that means all the tributaries, because all the tributaries flooded out too. Um, there were a lot of fish lost to farm fields and we had, the Bow River was downtown Calgary. It flooded right in. There's a two foot long brown trout and rainbow trout swimming down third avenue downtown so wow. it's great uh so yeah and you you build an attachment to any stream you fish a lot or any water you fish a lot whether it's a lake or or a little river stream uh you build an attachment to it so you want to see it as healthy as possible i'm curious i don't know how the guiding system works in the province of alberta but do you have a set amount of kilometers or miles that you can go downstream or is this just basically you can go wherever you want on the boat? Uh, it's coming, but right now it's, it's wide open. So we have a lot of guides, very competitive. There's no, uh, regulation, no licensing. So yeah, it's hopefully they follow something in between what they have on the wigwam and the elk and through BC, mm-hmm. something in between that and what we have now, something that's fair maybe grandfather in the people that have been guiding so that if you're going to be a new guide, you maybe have to go on a waiting list because, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of guides and it's good and bad because the more people fishing it, the more guides that give a damn, they'll, uh, they'll look after it better at the same time. It's, uh, right. it's tough. It's tough to, uh, to justify that many people working like on the same job, but hmm. yeah. What's, can you throw a surprising fact? This is a little known fact about the Bow River. Yeah, and the Bow River, both our brown trout and rainbow trout aren't native, obviously. Uh, our native shirt cutthroat and suckers and whitefish and uh, bull trout. The, both of those were introduced by accident because trucks broke down, two separate incidents up near Banff, and they saved the fish by dumping them into tributaries. They made their way into the Bow River eventually and all of our fish today come from ni- the 1920s so that's pretty amazing because wow. they've never been yeah they just took off so that is amazing a pretty healthy um population of both browns and rainbows they've taken over you still catch some cutthroat up in the upper and and you can catch bull trout through we caught one just out my back door here uh, last year so they're, they're still in the system 
Mm. But the uh, the Browns and the Bows have definitely taken over. But it's pretty cool considering that they they were never stalked they, by on purpose. Well, when you said cutties earlier, I just I kind of did a double take, and this is audio, you can't see it, but I, I thought in my mind all I ever hear about on that system are the bows and the browns and and i didn't realize there were cutthroat in there yeah we caught just above the city we caught a 27 27 inch uh, cut bow a hybrid it had the slashes and then the, the mm. uh the markings of a cut bow and then upstream further um we caught a, a pure uh native cutthroat that was 23 24 inches nice and healthy so wow. they still there somehow they stay pure a few of them here and there what about what about the bull trout? Tell me about that fishery a little bit, because I, I get a lot of inquiries about bull trout. Yeah, the bull has some bull trout, and when you do catch a bull trout on this river, you can catch them from top to bottom um, because of all the tributaries. The highwood runs in downstream of the city, and it's got bull trout in it, so they make their way in and out. When you do catch a bull trout on this river, it's usually massive, and they're uh, they're far and few between, but they're in here. They're just harder to catch because you don't target them. Usually, to bull trout you have to target, but you usually catch them when you're targeting um, brown trout. You might get a, a bull trout, say. Yeah, it makes sense. But the bull trout from Calgary South in the uh, the old man system in the castle system, there's uh, it's world class um, bull trout fishing down there. Hmm. There's some massive fish down there, and good numbers of them, healthy. You see the rain's coming down again on the bow. Yeah, I think somebody flushed the toilet that time. <laughs> my man cave is in my basement here. I got all the plumbing right above me. So you know what? So do I. I'm sitting in the laundry room, and uh, oh yeah, if the dishwasher goes, you'll know. <laughs> um, so we're chatting today with uh, Brett Sloboda. <laughs> now Brett is with one more last cast. Now sponsored by Sims and Loop, and I I want to tell. I want you to tell me about those companies. So, I mean, I've, I've done some SIM stuff in the past. Amazing company. Loop is a company I don't know a lot about, but I know has a great reputation. Tell me what, what is it you love so much about the Loop rods that you're fishing? So I got lucky because I had a friend, that Maxwell Robinson that I, I mentioned earlier. He's been with Loop for 12 years, and I always envied him because... He got to fish all this this gear. I got to fish the rods. I was a hardy guy for a long time, and sage like everybody else. And I'd cast his rod, and 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 I loved him, right? So then I got lucky through him to get signed up with Luke myself. And I can't. I I ended up having. I got rid of most of my other gear so that I could buy all my loop stuff to uh, um, start using. And I couldn't believe it. Like their technology is is amazing. Everybody's got great technology. You can't really find a bad rod nowadays. But uh, they've got a seven X rod. It's got uh, seven sides to it. You can't. It it corrects every cast. Um, for instance, so no matter how you load it, if you're on an angle or you you uh, you have a uh, tailing loop, you can correct it just because the rod has that technology in it with the seven sides. It's uh, Really? The, I've, I've yeah. not. Uh, is this new? 7X came out last year, I believe. Hmm. And of course, I'm with Loop, so I'm going to talk them up. But the 7X, if you get a chance to, to cast it, um, highly recommend. I think Trout Waters carries Loop. Okay. I'd, uh, I'm checking check it out. 
with S7X is 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 new technology. I'm sure all the other builders will will eventually copy because it's it's that good. Their uh, K2 series, I mean, your own infer as well, is uh, as much flack as I get for doing that because we're not in a we're not there yet here. But there's a few of us here that do it. But uh, their technology and the K2 um, line is is amazing for euro nymphing and then uh, dry fly on their higher rods hmm. and they've uh, they've got a lower end rod a q it's called i get them for my clients because i thought they were inexpensive and to come in a kit you get a you can get a real rod line and, and leader ready to cast out of the box uh, for 400 ish dollars so i thought that's a good deal to put in um clients hands and i fish them the great rods hmm. so i'm uh, pretty happy with them the reels are great um, I have no complaints except when a client steps on them like a couple of weeks ago, but otherwise they're, they can't, can't hold up to a 220 pound former wide receiver in the CFL stepping on it, but I'm not sure. <laughs> Who is that? Who is that? Thelwell. He got a great cup ring with BC and he got two with Calgary. Yeah. Ryan. Thelwell. So, so basically, well, no rod will stand up to that. No, no. I, it's funny. Um, I've always wanted to cast a loop. I've never, and honestly, I haven't, I haven't ran into that rod at a lot of places I've been, as funny as it sounds. So, um, I have to check my Open them up stores for the most part, except for, uh, the, the old stores that have been carrying them for a while. Otherwise they're going to be through vendors like myself and, right. and Matt. You so, others, so. so you actually sell loop rods? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so if we, if we want to check out a loop rod, we want to check out your website where do we go one more last cast.com and the store hasn't opened up on the web page yet it will be hopefully this winter and uh, i'll be selling other stuff as well mm. and we'll go from there but uh, yeah if you want if you want to get some gear we have like loop sales lines they're really good lines everything from steel water lines to uh to sink three sink sevens and spay they're big in spay because they're scandinavian so yeah they're their main focus outside of Canada is uh, two-handers. What's it like working with the guys at Sims? I have a, I just started with them, so it's going to be, um, I think it's going to be interesting. They wanted to send me down to the States for a symposium, and I couldn't go because of COVID, but right. next year it opens up and I can start traveling around for them. Yeah, no, I just, I have a lot of respect for that company. We've done a couple podcasts with them. and You uh, can't beat it. Like, uh, yeah. everybody try if you want bags and and waiters and boots you can't beat it yeah 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 um I, I want you to paint us you know a picture so your dream day now i assume it's on the bow but maybe it's a tributary of the bow and you don't need to get too specific on where you're at but put your artist hat on this is your day. You don't have a client, no customer. This is private time. This is just you and the fish and the boat, or maybe you're waiting. What are you drinking? What are you eating? What kind of flies are you throwing? What kind of fish are you chasing? Paint us a picture. Well, I'm going to throw you for a loop because it's actually not on the, uh, the bow. It's, uh, I'd be the first one awake as always when we go on, on a, trip and i'm standing at looking out onto a glass flat surface on a small lake pretty much the same lake no matter where it is like whether it's the east Kootenays or caribou or around merritt say 
and uh like that doesn't matter it's the same lake i think you know what i'm talking about and then i'm feeling that yeah i have i'm sipping on my half coffee half baileys as the loon calls to call to each other across the lake and from other lakes in the in the area and i push off in my little boat to my spot um where i i've scouted out or i've been to or i'm I'm thinking it's going to work and my little boat barely disturbs the surface. So, uh, still nice and calm. I anchor up in my spot. It's about 25 feet deep, perfect marl shoal, green water, uh, toss both rods out one set of 23 feet, one set of 18 feet and sit back, relax while I uh, finish off my coffee, stare at two, two little orange dots. Uh, no, well, <laughs> It could be hours before the fish uh, join the party since it's the peak of chronomid season and it's probably eight o'clock right now, but it's, uh, it's my couple of hours before the, the lake fills up with my, my buddies and eight, nine more boats that, that come out there to join me. So that's, that's what I, uh, I dream about that. That's my, mm. my perfect. You know, it's as, as a moving water guy, I'm, I'm, I'm after, I'm, I'm almost speechless. I'm not going to lie, but I, I get it because you know what? You can actually chill out. And that's what I do like about the, the, the lakes and, and watching whether it's an indicator, you can actually take a little time. Here's something that I like to ask a lot of, a lot of guests. And, and, and I ask this because we see some weird stuff on the water. You know, the more time you spend on the water, the weirder things you see. And as somebody that's fishing in an urban setting and then in, you know, the great outdoors, I'm sure you've seen some crazy stuff in your day. But have have you got any crazy fish stories for us that you'd like to share, whether it's crazy wildlife stories or you won't believe this, but this, 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 guy, this guy actually did this or uh, anything that's weird right. in your time happen on the water, Brett? Oh, yeah. Yeah, when you float through the city of a million, um, you're going to have some weird, weird uh, encounters. We have, we have a dinghy hatch, or they call it a bikini hatch, which is is uh, midday when you're floating down. They have rentals, and people get on on a hot day, and they air mattresses and those big six or seven man inflatables where seven people go in the can't steer them. So you're dodging those, but that's a typical day. It almost doesn't uh, phase you at this point. My one of the strangest, though, um, was on the Kitimat River swinging for Kings a few years ago. I had a male grizzly bear come out. I heard him coming, and I was waist deep in the water swinging a fly. And he came out about 20 feet above me. And then I heard another one come about 30 feet below me. And I was stuck with the uh, with a spay rod in my hand. They looked at me and, and just kind of went on their way, luckily. But, uh, mm. but yeah, and then I thought to myself, uh, I'd take the bikini hatch over this on the bull and having <laughs> come wandering out of the bush and, and who knows what they're going to do. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's well said. Yeah. It is. I'm going to ask you a philosophical question. Is there something about, I mean, as somebody that's been doing this basically since you're in diapers, you're now 52 in your early fifties. Is there something about fly fishing you would like to see 
as a group, us do differently? Is there anything that kind of goes, you know, irks you? Like, why are we doing this? Or, you know, whether it's social media or, or handling a fish or it, what kind of gets your goat? Uh, I think it goes back to what I said earlier about uh, lesson, kind of. It starts the same, like, just go fishing and stop worrying about what other people are doing. Um, it's supposed to be fun and relaxing. So uh, why, well, I don't know why people bring aggravation and frustration into it. They'll get, uh, my example is you see people post it all the time. They'll, they'll post a picture of a bait container on online on some Facebook page and let everybody know that they picked it up and tell a story about how bait fishermen are whatever and i don't know why they bother right you know that they're just doing it so they can get the uh the recognition it's selfish for posting it just pick it up and move on and uh and maybe volunteer to clean up the river with your local trout unlimited or or whomever's doing that and and feel good about yourself that way because it needs to be done and and that's a good cause, but, uh, hmm. the post is to shoot their own horn or whatever. Um, just skip the post. No one cares. Um, spend quality time on the water. Don't take it for granted. Uh, life's too short. Yeah. Just go fishing. Yeah. Yeah. I like that because I, I do think sometimes we, we get in our, I don't know if it's ego, but you want the the accolades, you want the recognition from that post. And it's like, and, and it's the same reason we post big fish pics, right? I mean, it's, it's like, yeah. you know, I did this, I did that. Um, yeah. But I think like, I, I look at your posts and, and there's a real, um, there's more diversity than that. Right. So, and I, th- I think honestly, as a group, and I think, I think we need to sometimes kind of not pat ourselves on the back, but, but, but realize that as a group, I think fly fishers are a, a good bunch. I, a really good bunch. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, and I know that because I, I spent a lot of time in, whether it's, um, bait fishing or, you know, uh, salmon fishing, or, uh, I, I've, I've, I've seen the different groups in, in our, within our culture. And I think as a group, those of us that choose to chase fish with flies, and I don't mean to sound like an arrogant prick, but I think that most people give a crap. Most people care about the resource. Most people care about spending quality time on the water. Most people care about, you know, is that fish going to be able to live to spawn? For crying out loud, we spend all this time to catch these fish and let them go. So, you know what I mean? It's like that, that, yeah. you know, the, the best way, Brett, I had, I heard it put was somebody said to me 30, 40 years ago, somebody would say to you, did you get your limit? Mm-hmm. when's the last yeah. time somebody said to you, did you get your limit? Do you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> limit. What the hell's a, I don't even know what the limit is. Well, that's the funny thing is we still all get it. I haven't kept a fish for a long time and, and a lot of us don't, unless you're out on a trip, you keep your one for the week or whatever. But uh, it's amazing how many people ask you um, or don't understand how you could let fish go even today. So it's, uh, it's funny to me, like still waters, you're on that page. It's yeah. hands down the best page on oh, the internet, uh, Facebook or other, but I, I the will, moderation is amazing. I'll tell you if I, if I ever choose to keep a fish, it sure as hell won't be out of a river. <laughs> it'll, it'll be, it'll no, be out of no. a cold water lake that's no, feeding no. on scuds and yeah. shrimp and is pink and tastes great. Yeah. 
that's right. Yeah. You know? High mountain cutthroat or something good, but, uh, but yeah, but yeah. You, you get the same, the people that are on the pages that I, I frequent too. And they're the same. Once you hit that point where you've got that bug and you've got the addiction, like we all have, you have that in common. It takes a special personality or, or that specific personality. You instantly have that in common with everybody. Hmm. So that yeah. one guy or person, sorry, that, that decides that they want to be the hero and show that, that they're, uh, I'm one man cleaning up this. It's I'm responsible or I'm Smokey the Bear going to pick up all the garbage and post it online. Nobody cares. Like you just, just go and, and fish. It's, yeah. it's, uh, like everybody else's. Nobody wants to hear it. Everybody appreciates that you picked it up, but they don't need to hear it. It's yeah, like when we yeah. empty the dishwasher at home, the husband will empty the dishwasher at home and make sure everybody in the house knows <laughs> but it's done by somebody the other seven days a week, right? So just so you know, yeah. I'm not allowed to fill the dishwasher because apparently I don't do it right. But I can empty it. I think we're all guilty of that. Oh, man, yeah, yeah. These are first world problems. <laughs> These are first world problems. Um, yeah, but you know what? It, it's cool. And and the thing I love about it, if you let that 27 inch brown go. You might mm-hmm. catch it. You or a client might catch it next week, but if you don't, it's gone. So, so I think I think we get that. That's a hundred percent true. I tell people they don't believe me because they always tell me like get people that don't believe in catch and release. They think the fish die. I have a funny story going back to the other one, real quick one. I tell it every time I pass the spot with new clients. I caught a twenty-inch rainbow with a leech. Took the leech out of the the mouth, tossed it out of the way and revived the fish, picked my rod up, and the leech moved as the fish swam off, and he ate it again. Wow. That's unusual. So these fish, and all of us have gotten flies back or other people's flies that you caught a fish, that fresh fly in its mouth from from a recent uh, off. So these fish are are strong. Yeah, you're letting it go, and Hmm. you could catch it again. We've named half the fish on the, uh, the city stretch, all the big browns. Because we've caught them more than once. What's your favorite fly rod right now? I I know it's a loop, but um, is it the 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 seven you're talking about? What's your go to? Seven X is a uh, is a game changer for sure, and I have uh, an Opti K two five weight for dries and an Opti five weight ten foot for uh, three weight for euro nymphing. Those are that sounds good. How do, how do you yeah. like the ten foot? I love 10 foots. Yeah. I use them on lakes, on the river for year, and if you need a little longer rod. I was actually dangling with my three weight on, uh, on the lake this past week and and hooked a 22-inch rainbow panasco on it. and That was an adventure, but it was fun. What, what are you doing tomorrow? Tomorrow I am floating the boat. With a client or personal time? No, no that's my fun fish. I get uh, oh. two reels. Um, we call one the dangler because he can he can you know how you you've probably seen it with muskies you get them close to the boat you do a circulate and they and they hammer it he uh he does that with brown trout he can he can dangle them into the boat and that's really difficult to do so that'll be fun to watch and then rex thomas he's a golden boy who used to uh ski coach a ski now and he's a hell of an angler as well so it should be a fun day i know that name for some reason he was in ski movies. He's famous. He's gonna laugh when he hears this. He's, what uh, uh, what movie? What ski movie was he in? Um, 
back in the I think it was back in the early 2000s. But he's uh, he still he can still rip this year. He can still go. So it's fun. How how much so so you're a skier and and this is one thing that I've noticed is the crowd that's into fly fishing now is not the same crowd it was when you and I were doing this 30 years ago. There's there's that mountain climbing slash mountain biking slash outdoor camping. It's a different crowd and it's kind of like more. I guess I guess it's in, but I mean we've been I, you're like me, been doing it for so long. I don't give a crap if it's in or it's not, but it seems to be kind of in vogue right now. Yeah, no, it's great because it used to be thirty, forty years ago when you were fly fishing. My buddy made a joke that there's no way to look sexy in waders, and I, and I, yeah, you're probably right. But now you can. I mean, everybody's doing it. You got um, you got kids and men women of all different types they'll boat across one day up in the mountain or out in the trails and then they'll fly fish the next day or you like you say mountain climbing to get to a stream or businessman downtown drop the suit and and put the waders on it's it's amazing everybody's doing it and it's uh it's cool like even the clothes now you look at some of the clothes with uh cash flows awesome stuff and you've got hmm t-shirts and stuff that you can buy now it's all cool like you can actually wear fly fishing outfits or clothes out in public now yeah so that's cool good stuff well said (laughs) hey thanks so much for spending the time tonight i I know i i love talking with passionate people and you are one of the most passionate people when it comes to fly fishing and i love what you're doing thanks for taking the time Uh, i appreciate it yeah, no, it's great. And if anybody that's listening to this, if they want to uh, mention this and want to go for a fish or a float or a walking wade down here, I'll give them a, a discount to be decided. But discount, yeah, I like that discount to be decided. Well, I'll have to yeah, come up I'm with pretty... an acronym: discount D T. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. So, and you should come as on... one of those rods for the boat. I'm coming. I'm coming. I just. Yeah. Uh, can I can I cross the border yet? Yeah, I think I can. I believe you can. I was just out in Kelowna two weeks ago, so okay, so should it's be able legal. To. Yeah, Brett, thanks for coming on tonight, man. No problem. It's fun. We've been chatting with Brett Sloboda. Brett has uh, one more last cast. Check him out. Instagram one more last cast dot com. He is in Calgary. He's fishing the Bow River. He's an outfitter guide. You talk about Blue Ribbon Trout Waters, that's somewhere you want to be. Sponsored by Sims Loop, Loop Tackle, the Bow River in southern Alberta. Check them out. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com. Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water.